Hi, my name is DBNT and this is the Mantis Radio Takeover. Next two hours, it's myself, an interview and a guest, same format as Sunil Sharp, who's away this weekend gigging in Berlin and I'm covering for him. I did this for him last year, uh, July time, where I had casual violence and death abyss in for a chat. Tonight, I have object in for a chat that's coming up in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and an hour two tonight, a session from Oak. Meanwhile, behind me, brand new, forthcoming RNS, this is Lacquer with Mountain Divide.
behind me, the sounds of Lee Gamble and his track Motor System. Uh, this one's out now. You can get this uh, taken from his new album, Koch, on uh, Pan. The one before is forthcoming uh, next month. It's by Drone Lock, a track entitled The Oath. And before that was uh, Kite Prada remix of Hill Ref track that I can't quite remember the title of. And then before that was a new one forthcoming on Hugh Helix from Gohammer, a track called Texture 102. This is Mantis Radio, and I'm covering the Sun or Sharp tonight.
this track behind me, uh, besides being wonderful, is brand new Christian Vogel. Comes out November 14th on Shitkapult. It is a track entitled How Many Grapes Went Into That Wine. And it's taken from his very good album, uh, Polyphonic Beings, which comes out next month. Yeah, add that one to your, uh, your shopping list. Up next tonight on Mantis Radio, the takeover of Sunnel Sharp Slot. No double entendre intended on that one is uh, my interview with Object, who I spoke to earlier in the week. We talk about his uh, workflow, his new album, Flatland, and influences. Hi, TJ. Welcome to Mantis Radio. Hey, man. So let's uh, let's talk about how you make music. Let's talk about your workflow. Have you got one? Um, it's changed gradually over the last couple of years. What used to be much more premeditated and quite belabored and often prone to, to just leading nowhere has led to workflow which these days tends to be more um jamming out something live in maybe machine or with a machine drum or with a, with a couple of boxes and then recording it in and kind of bending it all out of shape from there i mean uh, I, I say that's a workflow like i've done that for maybe two or three tracks now and so far i've been relatively pleased with with, with the results but um you know, who, who knows how long I'll keep doing that. Um, it could be that when I go back to writing music after this album comes out, um, I'll try that and it just won't work anymore. Um, I've never, I, I don't feel like I've ever really got to a point with any of my workflows that, um, that I felt like, right, cool, this is how I make music and this is how I want to make music for a while. <laughs> um, it just so happens that that, that way has worked for, for, for a couple of tracks worth of music. Well, your tracks do, uh, they do progress and they do sound different, but they also always sound like an object track. Is that a fair point? I mean, there are things that I come back to. Um, one of them being very kind of robotic digital drum sound, which uh, which was kind of directly influenced by Oteca. Um, but even that, I wouldn't really want to exactly clone it again and again and again. And in fact, when I've ended up at the same sound, it was in Porcupine once and then like, a similar thing was on uh, the Leisure System track, and there's one track on the album that has a similar kind of drum sound. But in fact, all three of those times, um, I arrived at a similar sound completely independently. It wasn't, um, you know, it's not like I reused the same presets or channels or whatever. It's just that the track kind of guided itself into that direction. Yeah, that's, I think that's allowed. So let's talk about influences now. Uh, Surgeon, big influence yeah. for you, yeah? So, and in particular, his uh, Warp Mix CD, This Is For You Shits, from a few years back. I think I read that that, uh, well, that's a big influence on you and a, a big turning point for you when it comes to techno, is that right? It was the first techno mix that I'd heard that actually jumped out at me, that, that linked reference points that I'd already, that, that, that I'd already encountered, stuff like uh, kind of Warp IDM and, and that kind of thing, with other sounds that were quite alien to me and I really liked that um, I mean I'd, I'd, I'd heard a, a bit of other techno stuff at that time but but technos can from the outside appear quite impenetrable and and sometimes it, it takes a little bit of familiarity to, um, to to draw you in you know and that's what um, that's what I got out of that one surgeon mix but also just aesthetically um, like sonically aesthetically um, it really appealed to this fascination that I, that I had or still kind of have for um, like rhythms and textures and sounds that are, that are really kind of mechanical and 
um, sonically industrial sounding. I realize that industrial is a very loaded term these days. I mean this kind of like clangorous, still, still quite digital and yeah, very um, austere sounding. Um, I mean, there's, an, there's another loaded word these days, but um, yeah. So from Surgeon of Favourite Albums, Tears of Fears must surely feature. <laughs> I mean, the embarrassing thing is that I don't think I actually own an, uh, uh, an actual Tears of Fears album. I just have... Um, it, well, no, I've, I've got a best of compilation. And um, I mean, like this is, you know, it, it, was a, it was a CD that I listened to endlessly as a kid. And uh, my mum and dad did as well. But, but because it wasn't like a... You know, they weren't a band that I that I discovered as a teenager. They were never a band that that that, that I ever really felt the the urge to like explore in full. So they kind of just like, yeah, as an influence, that CD just kind of sat in the background. I mean, like 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 a, like a lot of people, I went through a massive Radiohead phase um, when I was like 14 to 16. I mean, I, I guess like 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 the obvious. The obvious answers who I always keep coming back to are AFX Twin and Hotecker, but always in different ways, I guess. I mean, I appreciated very different things about their music 10, 15 years ago than I do now. What's your ideal club lineup? Oh, man. So, Tears of Fears on warm up? <laughs> Tears of Fears doing the warm up. Um, and then, I don't know. Um, Surgeon, surely? Or do I? Yeah. Surgeon back to back tears for fears. Yeah, I pay good money to see that. Yeah, so would I. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much I'd enjoy it, <laughs> but I'd certainly, um, I'd certainly be up for seeing it. So, where are the best places that you've DJed so far in your career? Favorite clubs? Geographically or clubs? Uh, well, cities that you've played and that you've really enjoyed. I always seem to have a good time playing in Ireland, Scotland, actually. I think it's something to do with the, um, with the early closing times and uh, people just being really up for it in as, as short a space of time as possible. <laughs> um, I'm not just saying that because this is an interview on, a, on an Irish radio station. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always had a great time playing in, in, in Glasgow, for example. I feel like I've had really good times playing in, in a lot of places. So let's talk about your album, Flatland. That comes out uh, two weeks from now, yeah? Yeah, it's on the 20th, I think. Was that uh, something you've made this year or was it something that's been made that's a bit longer? Yeah, pretty much. It's like and longer. I mean, I started writing it about two years ago, um, in the midst of a, of a kind of period of writer's block. I started branching out a bit from from the dance floor uh, format in an attempt to kind of get myself interested again. And most of the sketches from around that time, at the time, I thought were, were kind of rubbish and didn't really think to revisit them until I guess about a year ago is when I made a more conscious decision that. that I was going to have a go at writing an album and went back and, and had a look over some of the stuff that I'd, that I'd written the year previously and realized that actually some of it was, was, was okay. It was only because of my state of, state of mind at the time that, that I really wasn't, wasn't sold on it. So overall, I mean, start to finish, it was probably two years, I guess, or well, maybe like a year of solid work. So the tracks are from quite a few disparate sources. Uh, in a way, I'm surprised. At it. Like, I, I feel like it works quite well cohesively as an album and I was kind of I was kind of surprised at that I was kind of surprised at that given how um, given how far apart some of the tracks came from in time um, and given how, uh, how different the working processes were between between some of them but yeah it's, it's, it's taken it's taken quite a while I guess and how did the album end up on Pan? I've been friends with Bill for a while this is your first release though yeah 
Yeah, yeah. I've been friends with Bill for a while. Actually, I didn't. I mean, find, finding a. It turns out if you've written an album, finding a label for an album that's already written is actually a bit of an ordeal. And um, I, I, I sent it to, to, to a bunch of labels, but um, I, I always have this kind of niggling feeling that finding a label for something like an album involves like trying to satisfy a lot of criteria that very few labels get, uh, are able to all at the same time. I mean, an album kind of requires a label that's, that's, that's more logistically capable and established than a label that, that uh, with, with whom you'd be happy to release a, a, a single. And a bunch of labels who I, who I felt were really where I was at musically um, weren't labels that I would necessarily want to put out an album with. And a bunch of labels that uh, I thought might be interested in, in releasing an album and would be capable of doing so um, weren't necessarily labels that I felt um, I really wanted to align myself with musically. You know, it's like uh, I was speaking to a friend the other day and, and they compared the process to like finding an apartment. Um, you know, you'll, you'll look at a flat and uh, or you'll look at a bunch of flats and, you know, one of them will have the perfect kitchen, um, but the bathroom kind of sucks. Or another one will have a great bedroom, but it's in the wrong location. And another one will be in exactly the right location, but it's too expensive. You know, it's quite difficult to, to find the right one. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling a bit, but cut a long story short. But um, I didn't send it to, to Bill initially because I didn't um, I didn't think he had any um, free slots on his schedule for 2014, and that was one of my criteria. Like I really wanted I really wanted to get it out as soon as possible, um, and I sent it to him initially out of um, more looking for advice than anything, like asking if he had any suggestions. And when he came back and said, you know, actually we could do this on Pan if you want, um, that kind of took me by surprise because I wasn't, I wasn't really expecting, uh, I hadn't really sent it to him as a submission per se. It's a really good fit though. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what I thought as well. It, it was it, like Pan was one of the, actually one of the first ideas that I had, but 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 I wrote it off for for other reasons, which turned out not to be not to be issues at all. When that came together, this is already after like three or four months, maybe more actually, five or six months of, of kind of agonizing over who to work with on, on, on putting it out. And it all just kind of came together very quickly. And I really like the label and, and um, I really like his, um, I really like what, what him and Kath have, uh, have, have done aesthetically with it. And I also like the idea of, of, of releasing a record on a label that, that already has a very clear um, aesthetic and ethos and, and vibe where, you know, quite the opposite of being given a, a blank canvas to do whatever you want with, um, you're, you're subscribing to to a template that's been, that, that, that's, that's been uh, kind of built up by, by the label and the family of artists that are involved with it, um, but that you feel somewhat of a kinship with. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting to you tonight, TJ. Yeah, likewise, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, it was actually a longer chat and hopefully I'm going to get the uh, a longer edit together and put it up on the Dark Floor site soon. Once again, massive shouts to uh, TJ for that. And don't forget, his album Flatland comes out October 20th. It's an essential purchase, double vinyl. It's really, really good. Uh, I'm not just saying that, it is one of the best albums of this year. I need to buy it. So stick around on Mantis Radio because coming up in hour two we have that session with Oak. If you haven't heard of Oak, you will have heard the label they're signed to, and that is Downwards. You all know Downwards. But until then, it's more music for myself, including this one from FW, a track called On Freeloading Words. 
This is Mantis Radio and I've taken over Sun or Sharp's show tonight. Keep it locked. Politics. 
Make you play funny tricks. It's a jungle out there, a zoo out there. Man, you get caught up in the rapture and get lost in the big mighty ocean. Wise up or dies up. Think all you have two choices. Life over death. And that you promote. Alive up. One more time for them people. Can come and get you. There's a new one by The Bug, a track entitled Blau, Daddy Freddy on the vocals. That was available now on Ninja Tune. And the one easing its way in underneath my voice is a new one by Raphael Cohen. And be warned, this one kicks pretty hard as well. Yes, it's Manage Radio.
Beats from behind me. It's one of the new one uh, forthcoming on Turbo. It's tracked by DJ Hesberger. Roll up your sleeves. Welcome to the dance with its title. The one before was a track called Fattish Ass Twerk Track uh, by uh, Cabal and Lieb. And the one before that sound like Hell Itself. That's a new one by Happer. On uh, taken from the forthcoming double CD album Slowly Exploding on Perk Tracks. Which is the kind of uh, retrospective milestone for the label. Ten years of existence. Double CDs. Double CDs, two CDs.
final track tonight. This is uh, coming out next year. This is Matt TDK with the track fittingly entitled Hard As Nails. And the one before, some of you might recognize, it's a Joey Beltram number called 5.6 litre that came out, uh, I don't remember when, a long time ago on Trezor. Do stick around tonight because coming up at hour two, we had that session with Oak and you've heard nothing like this in a while.
Welcome back to hour two of the tight show. I am still covering for Sonal Sharp. My name is still DVNT. As a tradition with this show, hour two is our session mix. And in session tonight, I have great pleasure in presenting Oak, the Berlin-based duo signed to Downwards. They have two essential EPs already out on the label. I'm very uh, proud to say they are in my record collection at this point in time. And they have an album on the horizon that will be joining it as soon as it's released. They command your attention for the next 60 minutes or thereabouts. And it's an amazing journey of sound lies ahead. So stick with us. This is Mantis Radio. Thank you. 
Like, you know, when I'm alone and it's very quiet. Like now. You can let your imagination go and listen to the stillness and watch it get dark. The shadows come to life. <laughs> you know what I mean?
sit here and I can't believe what would happen. And yet I have to believe it. Nightmares.
are nearly at the end of tonight's show. Big shout out to all you guys who have been tuned in. And a big shout out to Sun or Sharp for letting me step up and cover him tonight. Hope the gig went well in Berlin, mate, and I'll catch up with you soon. I also just want to send out a shout to TJ, aka Object, for our chat in the uh, first hour of tonight's show. And I can't recommend his album enough. Flatland comes out October 20th. You need to buy it. It is really, really good. It's one of the best albums you're going to hear this year. And that just leaves me just enough time to say thank you to Oak, the duo responsible for the sounds you can hear behind me that I'm ruining by talking all over. Full track list from their session in my earlier hour will be up at darkfall.co.uk with the archive for this show. Just remains for me to say thank you again to all you guys who've been listening. I've been DBNT. This has been Mantis Radio. I will see you soon. Bye-bye.
We will not be held responsible for any hearing impairments or damage caused to you from excessive exposure to this sound. <laughs>